Greetings in the name of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This devotional is titled, Pluck Out and Cut Off. For many years in my ministry, I have sought to refute the false doctrine of easy believism. This doctrine divorces faith from repentance, while in truth, a true saving faith always includes the element of repentance. Jesus said, quote, Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Luke 13.3 We are saved by faith alone, but it must be the right kind of faith. It must be a change of mind kind of faith. Repentance literally means to change your mind. Saving faith involves a change of mind about sin and about the Savior. John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus, calling the people to repentance. Matthew 3, 2. Jesus' ministry began with a call to repentance as he began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 4, 17. The way into the kingdom is through repentance. In Matthew 5, 29-30, Jesus illustrates the nature of true repentance. Matthew 5, 29 reads, Jesus speaking, If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And Jesus said, Whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. He then immediately made this exceedingly strong statement about the eye. This is a radical statement requiring radical action. This, you can't be passive when it comes to the lust of the eyes. It requires drastic action. This is the only way one can have victory over it. Essentially, all commentators believe that Jesus was here speaking in hyperbole or exaggerated terms to make a point. Sometimes the Bible uses this kind of language to make a point. For example, in Proverbs 23.2, it says, And put a knife to your throat if you are a man given to appetite. This is not saying the person should commit suicide, but rather figuratively saying he should take drastic measures to ensure he cuts back on how much he eats. If lust is truly a heart problem, which Jesus in Matthew 5.28 has just indicated it is, then the answer is not found in a physical solution such as gouging out the eye. For even if you gouge out the right eye, you still have the other eye to contend with. And as has been said, then you are just left with being a left-eyed luster. And if you gouge out both eyes, you still have the thoughts in the heart. And right there is the fundamental problem. Jesus is using figurative language to emphasize that a problem with lust must be dealt with in a decisive and drastic manner. What Jesus is saying certainly is application regarding sanctification in the life of a believer. See Colossians 3.5. But Christ goes on to say, For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. In light of this, it appears that Christ is saying something even more basic than merely giving a principle of sanctification. Jesus is talking about hell, Gehenna which ultimately has in view the lake of fire, which is where the lost will suffer for all eternity. Bible Knowledge Commentary 
says, since a lustful heart would ultimately lead to adultery, one's heart must be changed. Only by such a change of heart can one escape hell. Gehenna. Compare verse 22. End of quote. Unless one comes to true repentance, which is really a radical response to sin that alters the course of one's life, then they're headed for hellfire. Paul is very clear in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, that the unrighteous who do not have a changed life will not inherit the kingdom. <clears throat> New Covenant truth says that Christ came to make possible a changed life from the inside out. In a figurative way, Christ is emphasizing the necessity of a radical repentance that fundamentally alters a person's life. This type of thing happens in conversion. It is the experience of every true believer. Paul talks about the circumcision made without hands, which is radically which is radical spiritual surgery brought about in the heart by God. Compare Colossians 2.11. Remember that Christ said in verse 20, Matthew 5.20, that unless your righteousness exceeds the external righteous standards of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Unless we know a fundamental change of heart called repentance that affects the whole of life, we will not see the kingdom. This is really radical stuff, which no, so much of Christendom today no longer takes very seriously. Jesus continued, Matthew 5.30, And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. The eye is presented as the medium through which temptation comes. The hand is presented as the medium through which sin is committed. What is required is a radical repentance that affects the heart and the life. And of course, if it really affects the heart, then it will affect the life. Heart and life go together, which is the overall point here in context. And note Christ did not say, taper off, taper off, my friends. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say taper off, but rather cut off, cut off. Jesus said to the woman caught in adultery, go and sin no more, John 8, 11. He didn't say, I know you have a long-term addiction to sexual sin, and this is going to take a while. No. He immediately said, sin no more. Pluck out and cut off. It involves a decisive life-changing response indicative of true repentance. This is what is being illustrated. Of course, even true believers continue to struggle with sin and can fall back into sin, even gross sin. But there is a decisive change of mind in conversion that forever changes a person. A true Christian is a new creation who now has a new nature and the Holy Spirit. We now have a Heavenly Father who disciplines us. Being born again does not result in an impractical perfection, but it does alter a person's direction. Only by way of repentance and regeneration can this happen in a person's life in a way that generates a righteousness that affects the heart and thus exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees. Al Martin gave this in a message, said these words in a message, Oh, the madness! You are a vile, filthy, helpless, 
hell-deserving, wretched son of daughter, son or daughter of Adam. You know nothing of true repentance and therefore of true saving faith. Oh yes, once in a while you will take a dull parry knife and scratch your hand and occasionally you will scratch around your eyeballs, but you haven't begun to cut off and pluck out. You better listen to the words of Jesus. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, shall enter, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. If you by the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the flesh, you shall live. If you live after the flesh, you'll die. The cross does not give us a minor shift or two with regard to a few of our ethical and moral religious values. The cross radically disrupts the very center and citadel of your life from self to Christ. And if the cross has not done that, you are not a Christian. End of quote. Jesus teaches us that sin is not just a physical issue, but also a spiritual issue of the heart. True believers come to true repentance, involving a radical response to sin that forever changes their life. No one ever comes to this point on their own, as it is the work of God in the heart to which a person by grace responds. It is the goodness of God that leads to repentance. 2 Timothy 2, 24-26, And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Lord, we thank you for these uh, blunt words, uh, needed words, uh, really a call to repentance, and really kind of in graphic terms illustrating uh, the decisive response that is involved in a true saving faith, a true uh, repentance. And so, Lord, again, help us to be faithful to the message. And, Lord, if there are those listening that have never come to true repentance, that they would repent and put their faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior even today. Lord, we can't do this on our own. It's only by your grace uh, that we come to that point of repentance. And yet there is a human responsibility. Uh, we must respond uh, to your work in our hearts. And so, Lord, have your way in our lives as we uh, serve you, and the Lord, for those who need to respond uh, to you in a saving faith, we pray that you would have your way in their hearts and their lives today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.